Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, the science, community, industry, and policy makers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factum Agri, and working with my friends at the Rural Support Trust, I'm catching up with farmer Carl Dean to get his views and the current state of play in the dairy sector. Let's check in with Carl. Hi Carl, thank you for your time today. That's uh, alright, it's a pleasure to be on, be on your show. For those that might have uh, missed you the last time you came on the show, can you tell me about your property and what you farm? Yeah, so we're 50-50 shearmilkers on 400 cows and 200 hectares of self-contained land. Um, and then we also lease some land for, for cropping and sheep um, near Lake Ellesmere and Selwyn, so... Tell me, how's the current season tracking for you on farm so far? Uh, this year, unfortunately, we're, we're a bit behind on our target. Right. Um, just, just mainly due to a bit of a poor spring. Um, mm. And just every single, you know, we had all those large rainfall events in December and uh, February, um, mm. just months apart, which sort of struggled with the other operations. Um, and now we're, we're just extremely dry again. Um, it's just unheard of. Like I think we've had 12 mils for April so far, and there's nothing on the horizon. Yeah, it's been a funny, a funny year so far, hasn't it? Can you put that down to anything? Like, have you noticed anything different? I mean, do we come out and say, "Oh, well, that's climate change," or do you think this is just an anomaly? Um, oh, well, it's a, it's a tricky one to sort of. Well, we had a dry autumn last year as well, so mm. do you say it's climate change? Um, mm. My view is the climate's always changing, so mm. we can say it's climate change. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big question is, is it man-made or not? Well, that's that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And there's plenty on the on the minds of farmers currently. Of course, seasonal variables is certainly one. And, of course, a big one this year, which has been affecting particularly the dairy industry, uh, is staffing shortages. Is this impacting your business and, indeed, farmers that you know? Um, well, it hasn't impacted our business per se um, but there has been large impacts on, on farms that I know of as well mm. um, yeah I mean a lot of farms have been the big thing I've noticed especially since probably about Christmas so everyone they pushed through mating last year they pushed through carving whether they had enough staff or not um, it was a real big wonder whether people were going to get through that um, there was lots of reports, you know, it's going to lead to animal health issues. Um, everyone's stuck in and, and got the job done, but there's obviously a lot of toll that's taken on those farmers who've done without it, um, whether that's physically or mentally. Um, but yeah, since December, I've noticed a lot of automation going in in Canterbury. Right. Um, like I think, um, you know, whether it's a draft or um, I think the cow wearables industry at the moment is just booming. Yeah. Um, in terms of collars um, or ear tags or mm. what have you. I think when I talked to Ultra, I talked to them a couple of weeks ago, and they've got 50,000 collars going on in the wow. South Island within the next month. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and they're, they're already booked out until September. Mm. So, I mean, the, the, and that's sort of the weird. The industry is probably looking um, 
in terms of trying to reduce that labour long term because people have done without it for a year. Um, it's not necessarily easy to then get people back in to the country still. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the flow-on effects is just, just getting contractors and harvesters and... Mm. So yeah. we, even, we even know our own vets in the spring. They just look completely worn out. Um, there's some quite wide-ranging impacts that these staff shortages have had. And clearly farmers themselves have had to be picking up the slack. So I'd imagine some farmers have been doing, you know, 80, 100-hour weeks, maybe, you know, more. And it must have a significant impact. They'll be spending zero time with their families, not seeing their children, and they'll be complete wrecks. And as a result, I suspect, and just by what you're saying, it's pushing along technology quite rapidly to help fill that gap. But of course, that comes at a quite a significant cost, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I think the you know the halter, double or triple the cost of other other um, cow wearables. How they can reduce that and is that extra money worth the peace of mind? Um, yeah, you know, people have to. I know have the, the whole thing there. Yeah, they're like, well, at the end of the day, you have to have to think about it and go, well. What's your time with? Like, see, these mm. people haven't been able to spend time with their family. Mm. Um, you know, they haven't been able to get off farm and relax. And mm. if there's technology solutions that make that able to happen, um, the cost of labour is only going up every year. Um, I did speak to one farmer just a couple of days ago, and he reckoned his labour budget was going from, he reckoned last year it was 70 cents a kilogram of milk soil. And here it this year, he would have spent close to a dollar. Wow. Yeah. So, so for him, he's, he's looking at it and going, well, 30 cents, if I can save 25 cents to get me close to back to where I was, I, I'm happy. Yeah. So there's that increase in input cost. I see that 800 staff are now allowed into New Zealand to work on dairy farms. I mean, this is good news, but is it too little too late? It certainly should have happened much sooner, shouldn't it? Yeah, you've said it already. Um it's great news, but it was a little bit too late. Too mm. little, too late. Um, by the time we go through visas being approved, um, we'll be well into carbon. Mm. Right. If, I, if I'm going off the previous uh, timelines that the uh, Ministry of Immigration's done, the uh, Immigration Department, they haven't been the quickest normally. Uh, mm. um, and, you know, I, I heard of people waiting, you know, three months to get people approved. Well, you can't wait three months and then try to organise a flight. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, currently there's 1,200 people on fence posts looking for a job. I know that was a lot higher a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So whether some ads haven't, you know, those people will be going through the, the process of looking at staff perhaps. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those. So, sorry, uh, 1,200 1, vacancies available. On fence posts this morning. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, and that's only. And surely there's a lot of people in New Zealand that uh, are looking for work. I mean, um, we don't have a zero unemployment rate, do we? No, we don't. And I know I'm looking at some of these jobs here, and they're all they're all jobs that are willing to train people. Yeah. Now, a lot of the, a lot of these jobs are farm assistants, car freerers, um, you know, the, mm. the bottom rung ones where people can get in and get get started. Yep. And I'd imagine yeah, a, lot, and... a lot of these roles have probably got accommodation or certainly assistance with accommodation, right? Yep. Yeah, most of them have 
accommodation. Um, and most of them was like changed from about, I'd say five years ago, where the average store was, you know, we're talking 11.3 or you know, it might have been eight three things like that. Yeah. Um, we're looking at a lot of these now, and you've got you know five twos popping up. I mean, mm. you, you can you can tell that the farmers have actually come a long way. I do believe that um, the latest remuneration report came out from Federated Farmers yesterday, and it was fourteen percent increase in wage growth. I, I think it was in mm. one. You know, it, it does make you wonder. Have we got a, a nation of people who don't want to work? I don't know. It's a big question and certainly uh, one we could tackle another day, but it, there does seem to be uh, a real disconnect there. There's clearly a large number of jobs available in the primary sector, particularly on, on dairy farms, with farm owners and dairy business owners willing and able to train staff and house them. You sort of have to wonder what more an employer can do to engage with somebody to come and work. It just seems extraordinary to me. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose farmers have been pushed to to have to do it. Like, yep. you know, like I said, they've now gone and last year some of them didn't have those stuff. They changed their systems. And now they're changing their systems to adapt technology to sort of continue that with less stress, I suppose. Yep, it's certainly an area there that uh, I'm going to be following. You know, it's sort of feeding into this ever-increasingly higher input costs that farmers are having to absorb. And just looking at that, have you gone through the primary sector action, the Climate Action Partnership, the Hiwaki Kanoa program, uh, and the alternatives to the ETS? Have, have you had a look at those? Yeah, yeah I have had a look at the, the two options. I've been a bit involved in, in just, you know, getting sent the, the paperwork for them. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. I, I think a lot of farmers are upset. The levy bodies are quite happily chugging down the train without talking to too many people. Um, you know, they've apparently on the on the survey that was given out at some of the events, um, not joining wasn't an option. Mm. Um, you know, sort of like take the better of two evils. So. Mm. Um, I believe as a, as a sort of an industry, we need to choose what's best for the agriculture industry um, mm. future and one that accepts new science easily and especially in, um, you know, measuring net methane versus gross, you know, um, because at the end of the day, we need to be reducing warming. So we need to actually have said, well, right, methane, a level of methane back in 2001 that's a cycle because mm. all that methane would have been back in the transferred through the atmosphere by 2011, 10 year cycle. So, therefore, why are we measuring it now? Mm. We should only be measuring the difference. Um, mm. And whatever system, you know, we need to make sure that we've got a system in place where new science and new technology, as it comes through, is easily added in. Mm. Um, but it has to be cheap for farmers to implement. I mean, I don't want to see a system where it costs $100 million a year mm. just for some bureaucrats. Mm. You know, it needs to be the cheapest to operate system mm. until they manage to, you know, and it's all well and good once the farmers can get a benefit out of it. But if we're not getting extra, um, you know, income from it, um, if, if suppliers and 
producers and co-ops, etc., can't actually sell the product for any more. Um, it's just a bigger cost. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually achieve what the end goal is. I mean, they do say that the the money is going to go back in to funding initiatives. Um, if there's a difference of eighty million dollars funding the initiatives to be able to look into technology um, versus going into paying some bean count because I don't want to use the term to, to count the numbers mm. I think that's that's where we actually need to look and go well we don't need a, a flash system but we need one that de- delivers the best value for money Yes, it's interesting. There's plenty happening in the farm space right now and seemingly an endless train of policy changes being thrust at farmers, which is challenging. And one has to think when it's all going to end, really. How's the milk price looking? Are we still looking at $9.30 to $9.90 range? Is that still where things are sitting? Um, yeah, well, we're probably not sitting quite at that range anymore. Mm. Um, I expect Fonterra probably... They'll do an announcement sort of late May um, when they do an update Mm -hmm. and give us a guide for next season. Um, And I I expect them sort of to to narrow that a bit to probably 940 to 970. Okay. um, Just based on what the last auctions and the futures are doing, Mm -hmm. um, which is still a good price. Um, But when I think an article came out yesterday, um, when you put into account inflation, so CPI, um, it's only the fifth highest payout if it was 960. So yep. it, it's, it's not actually as high as everyone. It might be the highest number mm. that farmers have ever been paid. Um, but when you're counting general inflation, so that's not that's not farm cost inflation. Um, yeah, it's only the fifth highest. So it, it's not all rosy, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. And we've already talked about this. But when you look at the increase of farm input costs, labour, fertiliser, across the board, costs have increased significantly. A solid milk price is needed. And if this range is there or thereabouts, I think we need a greater return, don't we, at the farm gate? Uh, yeah, we do, really. I mean, I'm just, just bringing up the futures market now. And, you know, they're, they're sort of predicting next year, maybe around the 980, 960, 980 um, mark. And that's, that's going what their current prediction might be. But yeah, we're, we're going to need, I expect the, the price, the new average might be sitting around that 8 to $9 because the costs have just gone up just ridiculously in the last 12 months. Mm. And we're not going to see them, they're not going to fall. Um, you know, interest rates are only just rising now. And this next coming season is when we'll actually feel a lot of the in, increased costs that you know, overseas competitors have been feeling in the last six months. Um, I know we haven't actually seen anywhere near the end of the fertiliser costs. Mm. That's still got a lot of extra. Um, I think at the moment we're paying around $1,200 a tonne for urea. I think when you account for inflation or exchange rate, um, Americans are up around the 2500 to $3,000 a mm. tonne in New Zealand dollars. Mm. So, I mean, we've got a long way. If we get even half of that increase... We're seeing a urea price we've never seen before. My last count on urea was something like 70% increase in two years. Yeah, and that then leads on to the next sort of got a little list here in, but um, the next thing, you know, feed inputs. We haven't seen the cost increases of those yet because you've got to account for all the costs, all the 
all the costs that have gone into making that feed, put onto the price of the feed, comes out the other side. I mean, even just yesterday, obviously, um, I think it was Indonesia banned exporting of palm oil, I think, was it? I think it was Indonesia. Um, what's that going to do to the palm kernel industry? Mm. Uh, grain is already up over $520 a tonne for barley. And, mm. I mean, we're in, in autumn. Normally, that's cheap. Mm. Normally, people are, are paying 380 to 400 So, I mean, when it comes around to spring, we had poor harvests in Canterbury. Um, we see grain prices up in the 600s. So that's and the next thing. So that's the next thing you can see on the horizon, one of the next biggest challenges for farmers that they need to keep one eye on. Yes, definitely feed costs. Like, um, you know, and as one feed cost increases, then all of a sudden grass becomes worth more. Mm. So then all, all of a sudden your grazing cost goes up. Um, mm. Contractor costs, they're only just going up this next season. They don't, very often do they change them mid-season. But most contractors I've talked to have talked sort of somewhere between 6 to 10% increase in the cost of doing cultivation or seeding, mm. baleage. Um, and that's purely they, they have no choice. Mm. Wages have gone up, fuel's gone up. Um, I think when I talked to someone I saw mentioned, price of getting a new tractor today versus 12 months ago is 26% more. Amazing, And, and people have to... Let that sit in, you know, contractor with a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar tractor. Mm. He now has to pay close to three hundred and twenty for it. Mm. Now that's a big chunk of change to have to recover for him to continue making a profit. Mm. If they don't make a profit, they're not going to continue mm. to top rate. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then health, you know, all the delays on shipping and all the extra costs added on overseas for COVID are only now hitting our animal health sector. Mm. So it's just a constant, this next season is going to be just a constant cost increase across the board, it feels. Mm. So yep. we do we do need those, those higher milk prices. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Look, um, there's certainly plenty there for farmers to ponder and certainly plenty there for the general public to have a think about too and, and perhaps consider that particularly our non-farming listeners that things are not all there and skittles out there and it's actually bloody tough going at times and inflation and increased farm input costs is certainly one of the big challenges we're seeing for New Zealand's most important sector which of course is farming and as you say it could be a tough old 12 months ahead but look thanks for your time today Carl look it's always great to chat to you and we'll catch you again soon yeah no good as gold thank you very much Angus as a final thought today There is a significant labour shortage in the primary sector. Over the past couple of years, policymakers have restricted access to international workers, which has had huge consequences for farmers and growers. Yay, 500 workers are now allowed through the gate, but this needed to happen much earlier. You have to at times question how on earth we ended up with a situation like this. The pressure these shortages put onto farmers is immense. Where are the incentives for the unemployed? There are jobs on farms in their droves, full training provided, entry-level roles with, in many cases, accommodation included. The employer can only do so much to attract workers. Do we have a culture issue in this country where Kiwis are too good to do honest work in an industry that this country was founded on 
and is the driving force of New Zealand's economy. This is just another layer to throw onto an already heavy pile. Can we just give our farmers some good news for once? Imagine how the farming industry would be treated if it was not New Zealand's biggest earner. Now that is a horrifying thought. That's all for me this week. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.